Thank you for downloading and listening to the Briam Bible Church Sunday Morning Podcast. Briam Bible Church is located in Shoreline, Washington, morning worship at 11, and many more events throughout the week. For more information, please visit our website at www.bereanshoreline.org. Good morning. Hello, everyone. Uh, so, uh, we're going to do something a little bit different than what we normally do uh, on a Sunday morning, that we'll have a little bit of a shorter message, because uh, just last, uh, what's, what's that? Oh, yeah. I should dismiss the children to Children's Church. There's no children's choir today, so all the children are going to Children's Church. Uh, normally we have a, a, a longer message, but uh, today what we're doing is at, at the end of May, uh, Rachel, my wife Rachel, and Alex Pierce, and I, along with several other people, uh, had the privilege of attending uh, the Southeast Asia Grace Conference. This is the fourth one that they've had. And uh, so we're going to give you a little bit of an update of what that was about and, and some of the things that we saw there. And then we'll have uh, we'll tie that in with with a message from God's word at the end of that, too. So, um, first of all, for those of you that maybe are newer to our church or don't really uh, don't really know what TCM is and, and what it is, uh, give you a little bit of background on that. And then I'm going to invite Rachel up and she's going to share a little bit and then I'll come back up and, and wrap things up. Um, so TCM is is a mission organization that our church has supported for a long time. It's called uh stands for Things to Come Mission. Um our church has supported primarily two mission organizations, Grace Ministries International and Things to Come Mission. Both of these are are great works. They they have a little bit different focus, but uh they have missionaries all all around the world that we have been a part of and if you if you're newer to our church and you're not familiar with those, if you go out uh, right here on the back wall behind the sound booth on the other side, you'll see our map with uh, with all the missionaries that we have been supporting. We have been supporting missions for 54 years. Our church has been around for 54 years, and we have been supporting missions since the very beginning. And so uh, about eight years ago, Things to Come Mission uh, started having what they called the Southeast Asia Grace Conference. And what that is, is, is a time where all of the mission work that they have been doing in the Southeast Asia region, they gather together in one of the countries and in, in a city near where, where the missionaries are working and they gather together and, and they're encouraged, they're supported, the missions, the missionaries are, are challenged, they're, uh, they, they are able to, to find connection with other missionaries and feel support. And so they have this, they have this time of worship and fellowship and a chance to be re-energized for the work that they're, that they are then going back out to do on the field. And, uh, the other thing that's, that's, uh, really great about what TCM is doing is when you think of missions, oftentimes what we think of when we think of missions is we think of people from the United States going to another country and serving as missionaries. Uh, well, TCM has been, uh, serving as a mission organization for for 60 years, so even longer than our church has been around. And there's been a work in the Philippines primarily, but also in Indonesia and other places. Uh, and it, specifically, the work in the Philippines has grown, and, and there are hundreds of churches in the Philippines that have been have begun through the work of TCM. And now most of the missionaries that are, that are a part of this Southeast Asia Grace Conference are actually... Uh, Filipinos who have gone into these other countries, which is really great because 
uh, it gives them an opportunity. I mean, they're, they're living out what God has called the church to, to be a part of missions, but also they have uh, unique skills that, that a Westerner doesn't have to be able to do missions. And so it's this amazing work that's going out. And, um, and so we were a part of this. We went and we attended this conference there. Uh, we had a chance to visit some of the other countries as well. So we were primarily in Thailand, in Chiang Mai, Thailand. And then we also went to Cambodia, Phnom Penh, Cambodia. And Alex actually uh, left a little bit earlier and was also in Malaysia and got to see some of the work that was happening in Malaysia. Were you in another country too, Alex? Okay. So those are the uh, three countries that, that we as representatives from Berean were able to, to visit and be a part of. And so Rachel's going to sh- come up and uh, share a little bit about her experience and, and what she saw. Um, Alex isn't going to come up because he doesn't like coming up in front of people. And so we told him he doesn't have to do that. But, uh, yeah. So I agree to say a few words. You don't have to listen to Gary the whole time. But, um, yeah, this was a really unique opportunity for us. Um, Gary went to college at GBC with um, the Nathan and Jessica Killian before they were married. So they've known each other a long time. And I remember years back, they came through our church during mission conference season when they were on deputation before they first Uh, went to Thailand, and that was 10 years ago. They've been in Chiang Mai for 10 years, and when we had them over to our house, we got Thai Bistro, we got takeout, and uh, now we got to go visit their home in Chiang Mai, and it was really special to reconnect with um, ministry leaders that we've had a relationship with for a long time. Our other missionaries in Chiang Mai that were hosting us are Genesis and Verna Marat. Genesis was here last October. You might remember having met him um, at that time, and um, looking Looking ahead to this um, upcoming October, Julia Lyles, who is part of the Team Cambodia, will be joining us as well. So that's exciting. And um, we got a chance to sort of see them on their own home turf a little bit, um, understand their day-to-day a little bit more. So that was a unique opportunity. And uh, this conference is a little bit different than the conferences that we host. as those of you who have been around Berean know, we often have a group of missionary families who give us updates on their fields and what they've um, been a part of maybe over the last four years. Usually the furlough is kind of spread out so we don't see everybody as often. Um, this this conference has a little bit of a different purpose. Um, it is for the ministry leaders, and there were about 200 um, attendees and they're from 16 different countries represented. And so it's the missionaries that we have met and got a chance to know, um, but also church leaders and um, church members from those countries um, in Southeast Asia who want to be a part of what TCM is doing and understand um, what's going on. So they do give sort of those um, ministry update kind of um talks, but there's also um, seminars and workshops as well as communal worship. And one of the things that you might have read, um, Ben Anderson, who is the international director of TCM, um, he was saying that one of the great benefits of these conferences is especially for those who work in restricted uh, countries, for them to come together with fellow believers um, and to be able to kind of share their burdens and get rejuvenated, that's a really unique opportunity because they can really feel isolated. I think that's true for most missionaries, but especially the ones um, 
you can be praying for those who are in countries where um, they have to, yeah, be somewhat covert about um, what they're doing for the Lord. So um, that's a little background about the conference itself. Um, Gary was asked to speak, and um, his topic was maintaining mission involvement from the local church. And this was something that it was um, exciting to be a part of because I know that they really value our church and the support that we bring. And so for Gary to talk about our church's role um, as a model that other churches can emulate, um, it was humbling for us to sort of, I'm sure Alex can um, speak to this as well, to sort of act as representatives for what our whole church body is doing. Um, people will come up to us and say, oh, you're from that church. I'm, oh, wow, that church. And um, it's, it's kind of um, strange for us to feel like we're receiving the gratitude that is really meant for all of you. And so we definitely want to pass that along. Um, so many people were so effusive in their praise um, for what our church has done over these many decades and continues to do to support these different works that are on the other side of the world. So Gary will talk a little bit more about um, the churches that we visited in Cambodia. But I did just want to mention a few um, takeaways from the time that we were at the conference um, in Thailand. And I got to work with um, the children's program some, so primarily missionary kids. And that was um, eye-opening again. Some of these kids are as young as, you know, five, seven years old, and they really consider themselves to be a part of the work. And um, they they take that seriously. And these, you know, we think of our kids in Awana learning scriptures and learning how to be a presence um, in their schools or in the people that they're friends with. Um, and that was, that was really neat. These little missionary kids, um, they... <laughs> They're sharp, and um, it was encouraging for me to see them have that same kind of camaraderie in fellowship, um, just as their parents and other leaders would have, because um, they're doing that ministry too. So that was that was cool to be a part of. Um, Gary already mentioned um, the Filipino presence there is really also impressive to know how long they just celebrated 60 years of their work and like you said hundreds of churches you think about all the grace churches that we might be connected with through our country and you think well they have hundreds and the philippines is a much much smaller country than ours and so there's a lot of dedication there a lot of people showing up um and they have um, a ministry training center there and one of the things that um we were able to be a part of was the commissioning of two new Filipino families who are going out to new works in new fields. Um, so that was exciting to see that commitment and um, they're stepping out in faith in that way. Um, and the other thing I just wanted to mention um, was that the theme of the conference itself was committing the gospel to faithful people. And um, I don't want to neglect mentioning one of our own faithful people. I know Gary said he wasn't going to come up front, but Alex Pierce is tireless in his work for the mission committee. And I hope you can all appreciate that and um, look to his example in terms of dedication, using the gifts that God has given him. He was finding times to interview people, make connections. He's really invested in connecting with the missionaries and their well-being. And that's not something that just happens for one little week in October, but it's it's really a burden on his heart. And um, I think that 
I want to emulate that more. It's not just when they happen to come through our city, but they're out there in these fields far from home in many cases um, doing this work year-round. So I hope that... um, yeah, this focus that we're having today and thinking of the, um, the youth who are heading to um, their own mission work, that that will continue to spark in us a, a worldwide sense of the body of Christ and not just our, our little corner here. Um, and speaking of uh, the work that we're a part of, um, the other thing that was exciting to see, some of you might remember Josh Herman did a internship in Malaysia a few years back when Tim Heath, um, Tim and Judy were there. And so many people were very excited to hear about the work that Josh is now a part of, Planning Church um, in the Vancouver area. And just really interesting to have conversations around the unreached people in our own in our own state, you know, in our own cities. Um, many of these contexts are primarily Buddhist and really small percentage of people are Christian. But when you look at the demographics, that's true in Portland. That's true in Vancouver. That's true in Seattle. Two percent or something. So um, that again is another perspective to think about um, the last who are among us. So I'll hand it back over to Gary. Uh, Rachel mentioned the missionary kids. I was supposed to put this picture up. Um, here are some of the missionary kids. Um, as you can see, they're just look like normal kids. Um, and then right in the middle is Julia Lyles, who's not a missionary kid, but um, she's part of Team Cambodia. And she did a lot of work when she was there working with uh, those kids. Uh, that brought a whole lot of flashbacks for me working with those and seeing those missionary kids because some of you know that, that I was a missionary kid. And um, it's, it's an interesting experience. I just want to encourage you, if, you uh, if the Lord lays it on your heart, to really pray for these kids. Um, the, the Lord calls the parents to missions and, and the kids just sort of come along for the ride a lot of the times. Um, and you know how, I mean, those of you that have kids, that have uh, grade school kids, teenagers, you know how difficult life can be just to be a kid. Um, try that in a different country, in a different context where uh, where it's, it's not your home. You don't really fit in. You maybe don't speak the language or you're learning the language. And then you go, you go back home to, to where you're originally from and, and you don't really fit in there either because you've just been living in this other country. And so, uh, I just encourage you if, uh, as you think about your own kids, as, as our missionaries come through in the fall and October, uh, really make a point to, to pray for these kids. Uh, especially think through, um, some of these kids, uh, are, uh, are serving in what Rachel referred to as, as a restricted country or a closed country. And, um, and so it's very dangerous for their, for their whole family to be there. And, and again, think about, uh, your parents felt called to do this and you're just going along for it and, and you're not sure if the police are going to show up and arrest your parents or what might happen. And so, um, yeah, be praying for, for these kids especially. Um, so Rachel mentioned that I had the opportunity to, to speak a little bit at this conference. And, um, and so what I was asked to do, as, as she mentioned, was to really talk, to talk about how ongoing support for, for missions, how, how a church can be involved in ongoing support for missions. And, and our church, as she, as Rachel also said, has been doing this for 54 years. And, and so we, uh, were really able to, I wasn't coming so much as an expert of, hey, let me tell you 
uh, all the things that I have learned and put into practice myself as much as let me tell you all the things that I've seen our church put into practice. And, and I was really able to, to share what you as a congregation, uh, our missions committee and volunteers and just all of you have been a part of for so long and able to say, hey, this is something that's worked for us. It, maybe there are some ideas that are within this that, that may work for you too. And it was really great, again, as Rachel said, to be there not as just a, a person, but really representing our church and being able to share the love that you have. And, and Rachel mentioned Alex too. Um, uh, I can't emphasize enough how hard Alex worked uh, while we were over there. Um, we were part of the conference and I was speaking and doing things, but Alex was hunting down every every missionary that he could. I think you got all of them, didn't you? Uh, and and giving them, he brought them uh, what, he, what we call reverse prayer cards. So uh, I think it was the WMF lunch, the Women's Missionary Fellowship lunch that we had in May. Uh, the people who were there that were able to stick around, we uh, he, we had pictures taken of us holding uh, holding names of the people of the missionaries, and we and Alex took these car these pictures to these missionaries uh, and said, "Here are some of the people who are praying for you." So a lot of times when a missionary comes, they give a prayer card and say, "Hey, don't forget to pray pray for us." Well, we took these cards and, and these pictures and gave them to the missionaries and said, "Here are some people who are praying for you." But he also interviewed all of these missionaries, asked them, "What are the struggles? What are the challenges? What are the ways that we can be praying for you?" Uh, I don't know how many hours of video Alex eventually got. Um, at some point, if you're interested in seeing some of those videos and some of the a uh, little bit more of the details of that. Uh, We'll, we're going to have a time maybe at the WMF lunch in the fall to share some of that. And if you want to just see some more things, Alex, just talk to Alex. Um, but he worked so hard uh, and did did so much. During my talk at the conference, um, I talked about there's really three different types of churches that the Apostle Paul encounters in the book of Acts. Um, there's, there's the Antioch church, which is the sending church. There's the Jerusalem church. And uh, then there's the churches that Paul has planted. And we don't uh, need to get into all the details. I'm not going to do my whole talk for you this morning. But uh, our church, and I'll talk a little bit more about this in, in a second. Our church has really been an Antioch-type church. The Antioch church was the church that sent the Apostle Paul out on his first missionary journey. And when he finished his first missionary journey, he came back and, and he rested at the Antioch church and then was sent out again for the second missionary journey. And it's become ascending church. And, and our church has been a part of that. Uh, the missionaries that we support, not all of them come from our church. Uh, but we have been a place and a, and a, and a, a spot of encouragement and, and sending for this work that's been going on for so long. And, and I, uh, again, just want to emphasize how much you, uh, just in your giving to missions, just in the regular things that you do to encourage our missionaries when they come during our missions conference, uh, the way that you pray for them, the things that you do throughout the year with the Women's Missionary Fellowship and all of these things that we're a part of, uh, you are a part of this work. And I just I want to give you one story uh, to illustrate this, and then, uh, and then we'll get into to God's Word. So um, when we visited Cambodia, uh, we met this man. Uh, this, name, this man's name is uh, Ariel Mahilam, or Ariel. I'm... Uh, uh, Ariel Mahilam is, 
is a missionary from the Philippines, uh, now serving in Cambodia. And in fact, I just saw on Facebook today that uh, the church that he's a part of and has started is, is celebrating 14 months as, as a, since the church opened. Um, so Ariel, um, back in 1991, was, uh, was a, a student. He was, he was going in, into uh, ministry training student in the, in the school in the Philippines. And, uh, and his, as a student, uh, he was there and there was, a, there was a fire in his house. And his house burned down. Uh, and Ariel was feeling very discouraged and feeling like this, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do this. And, and really considering dropping out of school and going and, and just finding another job. Um, around that time, uh, he was given a gift of $100 that came from our church. Uh, came through the, the Women's Missionary Fellowship uh, funds that, that get raised every, every month when we have our lunches and things like that uh, for the education of national leaders and pastors. So he was given this gift of $100. This was a huge encouragement for him. And he felt like God was saying to him, keep going. There are people who support and who care about you. And, and so he received this. He continued on in the ministry. Um, and and he's, he went into the pastorate and eventually became, became a missionary. Now he's serving in Cambodia. So we were able to visit Ariel's church and we were able to see the things that he is a part of and the things that he is doing. And just this fascinating thing. He's, he's serving out, currently serving out in a village that's probably about an hour, hour and a half outside of the city of Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Um, and it's just, just this, I mean, it, it's just rice field everywhere you look. Like there's not a whole lot there as, as we're driving through. Um, and he's serving in this church, and, and they just got power in this village. Like three years ago, we were having a worship service with them, and the power went out like multiple times as we were... As we were so it's just this very remote village. He's been serving, and um, and and there's a church now. Uh, one of the missionaries, one of the, the pastors from the Philippines was visiting, and, and he said, uh, last time I was here in Cambodia, we were in this spot, and we were praying that there was going to be a church here. And now there's a church here. And so they were celebrating this. And, and so we're worshiping with Ariel. We're, we're in his church. We're visiting. And, and, uh, and most of the church is, uh, is kids. Most of the people who are coming to the, the church are teenagers. Uh, and Ariel was tell, explaining to us that for a lot of these adults, for these kids, uh, they are the only Christians in their family. That that their whole family is Buddhist, and, and most of them, they're the, they're the only ones. Or maybe there's a sibling there with them, too. But most of it is is these kids, and they're the only Christian. And he says it's very hard for the adults, especially, for, for Christianity to stick for them. Because Buddhism isn't just a religion that they practice uh, once a week or something like that. But it's, it is their way of life. And the same was true in Thailand. Uh, the Killians explained this to us, that, that to be... Thai is to be Buddhist. The same is true for in Cambodia, that, that this is all connected. And so uh, you may hear the gospel and, and agree to it, but there's also expectations of you within your village and your community. When somebody gets sick, there are certain ways that you're supposed to respond to that in the Buddhist culture. And so it's very hard for these adults. And so Al, uh, Ariel was, was, we were worshiping together, and, and towards the end of our worship service, uh, Ariel said, I want to call up the leaders of the church. And so he called up the leaders of the church, and I'm going to show you this picture of the leaders of the church. Uh, there's one other girl that's not mentioned, but 
all of these are uh, high schoolers. Uh, they're all in ninth and 10th grade, 14, 15 years old. Uh, these are the leaders of the church in, uh, in this village in Cambodia. These are the kids who, and I, I was asking him, I was like, what, did, what does that mean that they're the leaders of the church? Is that just they're the ones that show up? He said, no, they're the ones who are, uh, who are leading worship. They're the ones who are helping uh, make the decisions, and, and, and they're, they're leading. And uh, so uh, I just I want to remind you and to point out and to emphasize to you as we talk about what does it mean that we are ascending church? What does it mean that we're a mission organization or a mission church that, that, that supports this work. This is the work that we are a part of. This is the work that we have been supporting. Nine, 1991, uh, this is before the Mariners even made one playoff appearance. Um, it was a long time ago. Uh, a, a gift of $100 uh, encourages a, a, per, a student thinking about ministry, and now he's working and, and he's establish this church and and these these young people are leading this church uh for for the work of the lord and so i just want to share a few observations around that as we as we uh wrap up here Uh, if you open your bibles to acts chapter 13 we have been talking for the last couple weeks about the work of the holy spirit and the ministry of the holy spirit and I uh, just want to give you a few reflections on, on how the, the work of the Holy Spirit specifically relates to the, some of the things that we observed and, and some of the things that we can continue to observe and take away as we, um, uh, as we move forward as a, as a church. So in Acts chapter 13, uh, we see this, verse 1. It says, Now in the church at Antioch, there are prophets and teachers... Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Uh, the first reflection, the first thing I want to point out about the Holy Spirit and the way he works is the Holy Spirit doesn't call all of us to be missionaries. Uh, if if he had, we would all be uh, falling short of what the Holy Spirit called us to do. If you look in this passage, he's, there's, he says there's multiple prophets and teachers within this within this church, uh, and we assume that it's not just the four of these guys as the church; that there are other people there who are part of it. These are just some of the pastors and teachers who are part of it. And he says among those pastors and teachers, he says set aside these two guys, Barnabas and Saul, who later. Uh, uh, is called Paul as well. So if I call him Paul, that's we're talking about the same guy. Uh, so Barnabas and Saul, he says, set apart these two men for the work that I'm calling them. And so they pray, they lay hands on them, and then they send them off as missionaries. So first point, God doesn't call all of us to be missionaries. But uh, within this church are the people who are then sending those missionaries. If you look uh, just a, a a chapter over at the end of chapter 14, verse 26. Uh, this is the end of Paul's first, first missionary journey. It says, From Italia they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. 
On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. So again, the Antioch church becomes a place where they, these missionaries have come back and they find support and they find rest as they get ready to go out. And then, uh, and then they are sent out eventually again. And then in, in chapter 18, verses 22 and 23, we see a very similar thing. In verse 22 of chapter 18 of Acts, when he landed at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem, greeted the church, and then went down to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Again, again, this idea that this church is not all a bunch of missionaries, but it's a place where this missionary can, can be sent, but also can come home again and find support. And so we see this example throughout the book of Acts that, that God doesn't call each and every one of us to missions, but uh, we do have, for those of us who are not called to missions, we do have a role responsibility to be supporting those missionaries. And, and again, I, I say this not as a, uh, what's wrong with you people, because as I've already mentioned, we have been doing this. Uh, and we, this is something that we should continue to be a part of and, and continue to uh, make a priority for who we are and what we do. Um, and then secondly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, we looked at this passage last week uh, as we were talking about the Holy Spirit and just a, a couple more things to emphasize as we, as we talk about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is writing and he says there are different kinds of gifts. This is verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Let's jump to verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit. So as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And Paul talks about the fact that the, that the Holy Spirit uh, has gifted each and every one of us to serve him. Uh, we are not all called to be missionaries, but we are all called to be faithful to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And what he emphasizes here is that, that each of us is connected to the other, the other members of the body. Uh, elsewhere, he, t- he uses this language of unity. He, uh, he sometimes uses the language of fellow soldiers. He uses the language of partners. He uses the language of co-laborers. That we are all doing this work of the ministry together. And it's not as though... Uh, Ariel is over there doing the work by himself, but that we are a part of that work. And this isn't just a, uh, hey, we're all kind of connected as human beings, we're all part of, but this is the Holy Spirit indwelling us. The, the, Paul is emphasizing that the, the, there's one Spirit, there's one Holy Spirit who is, who is God. And this Holy Spirit lives in me and in you and in those, those kids in Cambodia. And any believer is indwelt with this Holy Spirit that connects us in a way 
that is not just we're connected as human beings, but it's connected through the work of, of the divine inside of us. The Holy Spirit indwelling us. Paul uses this language elsewhere that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And we believe at our church that this isn't, again, just sort of a, a yeah, everybody, uh, everybody is created in the image of God. We're all kind of connected. But that specifically as believers, we have a Holy Spirit that is using us, that, that desires for us to serve and, and minister this work of the gospel in our world. And that not all, while not all of us are called to be missionaries, God is desiring to use each and every one of us in the place where he has called us. In the places where we work, in the places where we go to school, in the places where we may travel. God is desiring to use us for his ministry that we may proclaim the gospel, where we may proclaim Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit specifically points people towards the Son, Jesus Christ. And we are part of that work. And then finally, one last verse. Uh, this is a, a very similar idea, but I, I, uh, I really like the way that Paul mentions this, and, and we'll wrap up with this. Romans chapter 12. I'll just read this for you, verse, starting verse 3. For the, by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. But if it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So again, each of us is gifted, each of us is called, each of us is given a responsibility. And Paul isn't giving us, I don't believe Paul is giving us an exhaustive list as though these are the only things that the Spirit gifts people towards. Uh, but it's a, it's a good starting point of what is it that God is calling you to do where you are here. Maybe God is calling you to missions. He certainly does to some people. But he has gifted each of us to serve where we are. And this is true, again, not just for those of us who are adults, but for all of us who have the Holy Spirit. And, and this, the, these kids here uh, are, are such an incredible reminder of this fact, that these kids don't have any less of the Holy Spirit than any one of us. Uh, and I say this specifically, um, where's the Excite team? Who, who here is going on the Excite trip? Kevin, Jack, can you guys stand up for a second? All right, this isn't the whole thing. There's two more that aren't here. Um, so these, these, this team, these four and the two others that aren't here, um, a couple things. Uh, first of all, you guys look around at all these people who are here. Uh, you are going to Bonaire and Curaçao, but you are not going alone. We are your co-laborers. We are your partners in this work that you are part of. You can sit down now. Uh, you have people around you who have uh, done things like buy pastries and hamburgers and auction items and all kinds of things to help send you on this trip that you're going to be a part of. Uh, 
And so we are your co-laborers in that, that we have, we have, uh, given so that you can go. But we are also your co-laborers in that we, that you are representing our body. You are, we are sending you and we, in a very real sense, through the Holy Spirit, are going with you. That you are not alone in this work. And I don't know about you, but when I was in high school, uh, there's a lot of, uh, I went on a mission trip when I was, uh, between my junior and senior year of high school. Um, and the reasons why I signed up to go on a mission trip were, uh, my friends were going, uh, I thought it would be fun, uh, and, uh, and oh, I also wanted to serve the Lord, but it was basically in that order. Um, and, uh, I don't know about you, I don't know about for all of us, but like, uh, you may have signed up, uh, to go on this trip for all, who knows what reason. Maybe, uh, your parents made you do it. Um, but you have no idea what the Holy Spirit is going to do through you while you're gone for these three weeks. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, uh, not waiting to use you until you turn 18 or 21 or graduate from college. Uh, the Holy Spirit is, is using you and will use you now. Uh, and, and what I found when I went on a mission trip is that God had all kinds of plans for me that were not my plans. Um, and, and, uh, my prayer is that you, my prayer is that you, uh, will, will open yourselves up and be open to the ways that the Holy Spirit is going to use you. I know, I know that the Spirit will use you. Um, and a reminder, uh, for us as a congregation and for, for our young people, even those that aren't going on the trip, um, the Holy Spirit isn't just looking for the best of the best to serve him. If you are a believer, then the Holy Spirit is looking for you. And the Holy Spirit is planning to use you uh, wherever it is. It doesn't. He doesn't just uh, take the pastors. He doesn't just use the people who have gone to Bible school. He doesn't just use the people who are elders. Uh, every single one of us is indwelt by the same Holy Spirit. None of us have more or less of it. He gifts us differently towards different areas. But all of us are called. All of us are a part of this work. You are not too old to be used by the Holy Spirit. You are not too young. We have those kids that went out. Many of them have put their faith in Jesus Christ. They have the same Holy Spirit that you and I have. And God can use them and will use them, not in the future someday, hopefully in the future someday too. But today, God can be using those kids. That same Holy Spirit speaks and works through their lives as much as it does through any one of us. And so my prayer for us is, as we can be reminded, uh, one of the song that the, that, uh, they sang for the special music said this, saints everyone. That line, saints, everyone. We, we often think about, especially uh, in some churches, they have they have this idea of saints, and there are these revered uh, people who you know, have statues made out of them, and, and there's uh, specific uh, sacraments and things you have to become a saint, and there's all kind of a process. But the the way that the Bible talks about sainthood is that each and every one of us, as believers, 
are saints. That's the language that Scripture uses, that, that we are people who have been made holy. This is, that's what the word saint really means. People who have been made holy by the work of the Holy Spirit. And so you are a saint. And God is calling you to serve. Wherever you may not feel yourself worthy for that. Uh, but that's okay because God does. God believes that you are worthy for that. And he's called you and he's chosen you and he's sent you to serve him uh, here, now, today. Wherever it is that you are, uh, the Holy Spirit is indwelling you and sending you. And whether you're a teenager or you have teenagers uh, or it's been a really long time since you were a teenager, uh, the Holy Spirit is, is working and calling you uh, to serve him. God, um, uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity that we had to um, to witness this work and to, to represent Berean uh, in Thailand and Cambodia and Malaysia and, and to, to share the love that Berean has for these, for these fellow believers. Uh, uh, we pray for we pray for those kids. Uh, we pray for those churches. We pray for the missionaries that are that are working hard uh, to proclaim the gospel in the places that you have sent them. Uh, encourage them uh, through the hard times, through the struggles. Uh, may the, their work may may the gospel go forth uh, through their work. May people hear and know that. Uh, the crucified and resurrected Jesus Christ uh, loves them and, and gave his life on their behalf. Uh, pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, one more thing before we sing. Uh, two years from now, the next Southeast Asia Grace Conference is going to be in the Philippines. And um, if you would like to go and represent Berean Bible Church and see the work that is happening there too, uh, everyone is invited. So... Uh, there will be details that are coming when that starts to get closer. And uh, if you want to do like what Alex did and do a whole three-week tour, or if you just want to go to the conference, we'll share those details. But be thinking about it now because you can start budgeting and planning and figuring out who to give your kids to like we did. Um, yeah, so let's sing together. All right. Thanks, you, Pastor Gary. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for your, I can echo what Gary said. Once we've traveled around the world at different times, our mission field uh, they always want to share their uh, appreciation for this church and for your love for mission work. And so thank you for that. We want to pray for our team is going. And so, hey, Kevin, why don't you guys come on up here? I know that uh, some are not here today, but Kevin's here because he's going to be going with the group. The Excite team from Grand Rapids are going to Grand Rapids. will be doing training at the, at the college, uh, Grace Christian University, which it is now. As of today, Grace Christian University, they'll be on the campus there for their training. Then they'll be heading to Curacao and Monaire and uh, traveling with other young people from around the country and with Don Tenov as well. And so we want to have a word of prayer for you guys. And uh, the two that aren't here today are uh, Hunter and Katie Stellwagen. And they are joining our, our group as well and leaving next Sunday morning. What time are you guys leaving? Okay, so they're going to be not here in church next Sunday. They'll be at the airport at 8.30. And at 10 o'clock when they leave, where are you going to be? 
All right, right here, okay, at 10 o'clock, uh, come early for coffee. But let's have a word of prayer together for this group. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering today. We thank you for the privilege, and it is a privilege, as Gary has shared this morning, of being called to your ministry, to be part of something so much bigger than just ourselves, and even just this work on this corner. We think of the commitment and the giving and the sacrifice that has gone into the work here, that we can share it with those around the world. And Lord, I want to pray for this group. We pray for each one of them. We thank you for their joy. We thank you for their enthusiasm. We thank you for their willingness. This is not a simple thing. They've worked hard. There's been fundraising. Their parents have worked hard in fundraising and helping and uh, planning for this. And, Lord, this is a big commitment. And uh, they're going to be traveling out of our country, and they're going to be meeting new people and new experiences, and they're going to be lives that are going to be changed they are going to be changed, and other lives are going to be changed because of your Holy Spirit at work in them. So we commit them to you. We pray for your blessing upon them. We pray for good health. We pray for traveling safety. We pray for Pastor Kevin and Don and those who are leading this group. And, Lord, uh, we just look forward to hearing a wonderful report of your work. We will pray for them each day, and we will look forward again to, to your uh, glory being shared through this work. We commit them to you. In Christ, our Savior's name, all God's family say together. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming today. God bless you. And join us again next Sunday. Thank you, guys.